we are so blessed yeah. to be here. Oh, yeah. And we're so entitled. <laughs> yeah. What's well, uh, the microwave society, too? If we can't get it now, then what good is it? And it's, it's but it, it's with everything. It's not even with, with things. It's not even just getting things now. It's if I don't get my way now. Right. If I don't get what I, what I should, you know, this morning I was thinking about um, how many people want an income that satisfies their lifestyle, not their work ethic. Yeah, no doubt. That's what that's the life. That's what we're living in. People want to get paid for the lifestyle that they want, not the work that they're willing to put in to get it. Right. Hey, I'm Armando Leduc, producer, film actor, and owner of Leduc Entertainment. I have chosen a life off the beaten path and wanted to find others that are doing the same. Spaghetti on the Wall is a show based on all of the years that I've thrown spaghetti on the wall and nurtured what stuck. We will share fun stories, ideas, tips, tricks, and more. Welcome to Spaghetti on the Wall. Dude, I saw a, um, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Spaghetti on the Wall. I'm just going to right, pop right in because I, uh, I saw a picture. I don't know if you guys have seen it on Facebook. It was um, all of these guitar players with, like, the stink faces, but they replaced the guitar with slugs. Yes, I have seen that. They're like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like a huge slug. It's, it's pretty funny. Ladies and gentlemen, our boy from high school, that has done extremely well for himself, Louis Scott some or Louis say. Scott. Some some people call him some Louis people, Scott. It, it's it's I, I I've told this story before. Um, in Puerto Rico, I was known as Louis, right? And then I moved to Georgia, and they called me Louis. And then I went to college, they called me Louis. So I settled on introducing myself as Louis. Louis, but people still call me Louis. Yeah, I still call you Louis. I mean, yeah, see, what's funny. I hear I hear Armando call you that, but I hear like employees call you Louis, and I'm like. I don't know. Well, what to that's call that's it. my stage name. Yeah, I, I go I go professionally by Luis. <laughs> but your your parents even so so I I, I shot the uh, the legacy video for yeah. them and they go back and forth because they're they're more accustomed to calling me Raulin. Ah, so they just refer to me as what they think other people refer to me as. So when they say my name, they'll say Louis. Right. But if they think that somebody refers to me as Luis, they'll call me Luis. So they call <laughs> me like both things. So yeah. like. I'm just confused, man. Yeah, yeah, you are confused, <laughs> but, man. But you know what I, what I did is just for my own personal benefit, I just always introduced myself as Luis, and then I know 50% of the people are still going to call me Luis, but it's fine. That way I don't have to be like, I'm going to call say Luis, I'm going to say Luis, you know. Right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good to have two names. Yeah. And you have a middle name. That's right. What's your middle yeah. name? Raul. Raul. Yeah. Right. Raul. So, it's, yeah. so you have like three names. I have three names. No, but then my parents call me Raulin. My trainer calls me Lou. So I mean, it's like I'm all over Man, the place. You're all over the place. That's good though. It's yeah. good. It's good to be. It's good to be. Um, what do they call that? Fluid. Fluid. Yes. Good. To be good. Fluid. Good. Good to be fluid. So, can you tell us about your spaghetti on the wall moment? And what I mean by sp your spaghetti okay. on the wall moment is, you know, is is this this show is all about throwing spaghetti out the wall and see it what's stuck. Yeah. You know, and we want to kind of find out about your moment where you threw something at the wall and, and you saw it. And you were like, yeah. that's where I'm going to go. Um, I, I actually don't know if, if you know this, but I've like done 10 businesses and failed in 10 businesses. No, I did all not kinds of things, like all kinds of things. And so uh, I have a, 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 a perfect uh, spaghetti on the wall moment. And that was the moment that I realized that I was made for more of a brick and mortar type of business, not an online business, because most of those businesses that I was starting were online. Right, right. So I, I started an auction site that failed. I started a, a a political news aggregator site where I would aggregate political commentary from different websites, and that failed. Nobody was coming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I remember watching. But why? But why? Though? Why would why I start that? that? Though, yeah. What? I was just. I was just doing. I saw other things. 
Yeah, I remember seeing the Huffington Post. It was right. an online paper. Sure. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to aggregate, you know, stuff. But it's a lot harder than than it looks. Yeah. Like it's, oh, yeah. It's, you need funding. And, 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 and then I did an online, um, uh, like, nu- nutritional supplement company. Mm-hmm. And then I did an online uh, beverage company and then I, like i was doing all these on online was this all before you were an attorney or all before i was an attorney yeah yeah so like it, everything was like uh just essentially i was just trying to trying to figure out a way to make money while i had a job like you know one of the interesting things about about today's entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is that they just go out with no backup plan and i know you you know they say you can't have a plan b like that sounds real sexy and everything but like i had a family so i couldn't just like abandon yeah. everything so I was looking for things that allowed me to still have my day job and work work at night because I was like I, I was not uh, scared of hard work. So I I just was like I'm gonna work at night and work until two in the morning, which is what I did a lot of times trying to get these sites up and some of these other businesses. But they just they just would not work for whatever reason. But the, but the cool thing is I was like learning things. Like I was learning things along the way, which eventually helped me in in a in a brick and mortar business, which ended up being the law firm. Um, and so that was, so that was the moment that you decided that law, law was the, was the thing. Like, what was that moment? Right around, um, right around. So I didn't go to law school until I was 26, 27. Mm -hmm. I I took two and a half years off between undergrad and law school, but I had been trying businesses since I was 21. And so around 26, 27, I was like, I've been doing this for five years, which now looking back is not really a lot of time to put into an, as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. But I had been doing it for five years. Everything was failing. I had lost probably sixty thousand dollars in all these investments over time. Over five years, that's not a lot of money. Over five years, um, but I had no savings. I'm 26 years old, and I was just like, I'm just going to go to law school. I work at a law firm. Let me go to law school and and, and see how this works out. And then working out. At what point do you abandon ship? I think you abandon ship when you when you realize you don't love what you're trying to do. Mm. I think a lot of people try to force entrepreneurship, but they don't love it. Like if you don't if you if you are not in love with the craft that you're selling, uh, you're not going to be successful. And if you are successful, you're going to hate it. And so for me, if I didn't love the auction site, I didn't love the the political aggregator site, I didn't love the nutritional supplement site. Like I didn't love it. Right. I was doing it for money. So when you realize that it's not going to work out and you don't love it. Why even keep, why, why grind through that? So at that point you go, ah, I see it's not really working because you, 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 that's the barometer is the love of it. Because like, you know, sometimes doing something that you love sucks, right? Well, no, the barometer for, for staying in a business that's failing is that you have to love it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Have you ever heard that, that saying a lot of people say, do what you love and the money will follow. Do you yeah. believe it? Do you ble- believe that to be true? Um, I believe that a lot of people do what they love and are terrible at marketing what they love. <laughs> so that so, so the money doesn't follow. I don't think, I don't think it's like do what you love and the natural consequence is it will follow. I sure. think it's do what you love, but then take, ex- you know, extreme risk, uh, work really hard to tell people sure. about what you love. Um, you know, have a lot of uh, painful nights and a lot of nights where you doubt yourself and then the money will follow. I think there's a lot, you know, it reminds me of when I started the consulting business and I start the consulting business for the first eight months. I only had like one or two clients 
for eight months, but I loved it. I was making literally no money like for eight months, and I was charging like a ridiculously low rate. So for eight months, I'm doing what I love. But then I started telling people about it. I got one of them to, to, to film a testimonial, uh, and, and now we're over 25 clients. And that was like eight months later. <laughs> so for the first eight months, I had two, and then the second eight months, I have 25. Right. So it that's, does that's follow. That's quick, quick growth, though. That's Yeah, it is, well, the, the, the consulting business, I consult people on how to grow their business. Yeah. So I was just implementing what I, what I was teaching. Um, and it's amazing if you just implement what you teach, it works. Right. <laughs> so, well, okay. So, so let's, let's get into that. Cause that's kind of fun to talk about. Um, and I also am a client of eight figure firm. Yeah. Um, so you're not also, you're not just the president. You're also a client. <laughs> correct. I am. <laughs> so when you are putting, putting it together, you can't really say that it's just one thing that, that creates the success, right? When you're putting your business together? Correct. Well, the, the, the things that you teach, it's, it's a whole oh, system. Because everybody's in a different space, you know, space, mental right. space, a different space with their business. So it is a, is an, an entire system and we're trying to catch you wherever you are. Like some people have client generation issues. Some people have sales issues. Some people have production issues. Some people have people issues. Some people, they are the issue. Right? <laughs> so like you have to like work True. with those guys, you know? Um, so yeah, it's not like, it's not one thing that right. you do. It's a series of things, but it, but it also requires the person doing it, which is w what I have found. I've, I've had, uh, I think two or three clients who have, um, stopped consulting, you know, that's part of it. And in every scenario, they're the ones that I have the most difficulty getting to implement anything, every single one of them. And, and they, those are the ones that, that leave that leave. Yeah. They, they, they leave and they don't do anything, right? They don't do anything. But then the, the ones that go full force and really implement everything and show up to the calls and do those kind of things. Those guys are having explosive growth. That's awesome. I mean, I just talked to somebody yesterday who told me that from the day they met me to today, 173% growth. That's incredible. Yeah. And they went three years consecutively with the same revenue. Right. Yeah, no, I I'll, I'll say this. So the, here, here's the story of, uh, of me and Lewis, right? So me and Lewis went to high school together, mm -hmm. same, same neighborhood, you know, a uh, lot of history there, right? Separated, you know, life happens, right? Um, and then a, a year ago, around this time, actually, mm -hmm. you know, you call me up and you and, and you were talking about how, because uh, I have a video production company and if we can, like, help. Do some videos. You know, yeah. do some videos here in Atlanta. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, he had just started the, 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 con the, the consulting company and I was seeing what he was doing with these other, other businesses and he kept telling me, he's like, yo, you, um, you can really grow your business. You have a, you know, you have a, a million dollar business. You just don't know how to, how to do that. And right. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, familiarity breeds contempt sometimes, but you know, and I was like, oh, this is my boy from high school. Um, and two, two months in, three months in, he's like, he's like, you, you know, you really should listen to me. He's like, and I can give you the, he was like, I can give you this information for free. Yeah. But the problem is until you come out of pocket and really like invest in it, that's when you start to unlock things. Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't understand at the time. I was just like, oh, all right, man, what do you, you know, you know, what, 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 what do you, what do you, what do you need? And he's like, well, you know, this is how much I charge. Um, and I was like, all right, fine. Did it, put it down. And it wasn't, it wasn't, but like 
two or three weeks later, we're just like, boom, things just started happening. Yeah, I think you 5X within 60 days or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. It was insane. I, I think that um, that's a lesson, by the way, that I think listeners need to, and that's uh, stop bartering your services. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think a lot of times we, we barter. We, we go, you know, I'll give you this, this mug for your water instead of saying, I will pay you a dollar for your water, and then if you want my mug, it's $2. Like, I really believe you just pay people for their service and they pay you for their service. The relationship's clean and there's no, like, animosity that one's giving more value than the other because you're right. paying for whatever the value is. And that does trigger something different in your mind. Like, yeah. you you begin to think differently about what you just paid for versus what you just gave for free. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and the mindset stuff too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the mindset issues of, like, the holding back, the, yep. the the afraid to take risk on just mentorship in general, right? right? Like sometimes you can pay for marketing and you'll know that, well, at least you're, you know, you're getting money, Some you're getting some ROI. sort of, yeah, ROI. Yeah. But with mentorship, it's not really, can't quantify it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very hard. It's, you know, it's amazing to me because I, I, I was telling somebody this the other day and it's, we go from kindergarten to high school. We learn, learn, learn. We don't ask for money. We just learn, learn, learn. Then we go to college. We learn, learn, learn. We don't ask for money. And then you get out into the workforce, and it's like if you don't see a direct response to what you're doing in terms of money, then all of a sudden it's not working. Right. And you don't realize all those years that it took for you to even get to your point where you are today. And sometimes in your business, it takes more years of working your business before you see a, a, an ROI, whether it's marketing or mentorship. So it's, it's weird how we kind of view those things. You know, you have... Uh, I saw this the other day where um, they attributed this to Elon Musk. I don't know if this is true, but he, where it was a meme that said, it's amazing that our government will give people $100,000 to go to school, for which is, has no value, but won't give you $10,000 to start your own business. Right. Like yeah. It's impossible to get that. Cause, and so we've put this high emphasis on, on education, but not on, we haven't put an emphasis on delayed gratification, on truly understanding how to grow things, how to make money, how to develop a business, how to be a great employee. It's all about like, what did you learn in school? Which I, I know people who don't have college degrees that are much smarter than people who have college degrees. Absolutely. <laughs> so talk to me about mindset issues and, and some of the things that you've seen with some of your clients on, on, on just like mindset issues yeah. and what's holding them back in the, that area. The biggest thing is fear, fear. M many people have the fear of, um, you know, they call it imposter syndrome. So many people just, they just feel like they're not, they're not worthy. Uh, somebody else has done it. And I, I have this uh, saying that I tell my clients is that every person has a natural attraction to a certain group of people. So like you, you, you have a natural attraction to cer a certain group of people that I don't have. I have a natural attraction to certain people. You have a natural attraction to certain people. And so many entrepreneurs, they have the mindset, well, Armando's already doing this. So like, there's no space for me. Right. And what I have to tell them is no. He's attracting his group. You need to attract your group. You have a group of people who are naturally going to want to hire you. The way you look, the way you speak, the way where you live, the way you carry yourself, like they want you. And so that is probably one of the greatest things that you have to overcome because until you, until you realize that that's the case, you will continue to operate in this imposter syndrome mentality where I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, and therefore my business can't grow because someone else is already doing it. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I just had a sales call with a bride for, uh, for Dap Band, mm -hmm. and we were talking, 
and we can tell that we're we mesh yeah right like it's we're speaking the same language and she's like you know i've been you know you guys are like the the fifth band that i've talked to exactly. you know and it's just like every time i get on the phone with some of these people it's just not working mm-hmm. you know and yeah. i'm like hey i said same same here and 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 what's good good about where we are in our business too is that we don't necessarily need to take everybody for sure either. Right. and we don't have that desperation right so if we know that we're gonna have a hard time with this bride and she's yeah. gonna <laughs> she's not trusting what we're doing then i'm like you know what that's probably not a good fit and that's right. okay you know what i mean like of i don't course. really want to go down that path and aggravate myself because time is the the only commodity that we have that that's worth really absolutely. anything absolutely yep so you so mindset you're, you're saying is, is is a lot of fear stuff uh what about sales i think sales is the word desperation many people sell through desperation like i have to have this client like i gotta have them i gotta convert this person um and that's a mindset roadblock because the the more you feel that desperation um, the person also feels a the desperation. They sense it. They're like, why is this person begging me to, to work yeah. with them? Right. And so that, that's a big problem. Yeah, it's kind of like dating, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you want to you wanna be uh, interested, but not too interested. Right. <laughs> you want the sale, but not, not too much. So how do you, so what do you say um, if, you, if you want, like if you're looking for a whale client, you know that y- it would be a perfect fit. Yeah. How are you approaching them so that you're not looking desperate, but yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're marrying that. So if you're trying to get a, a big client, um, mm-hmm. I always say you got to figure out what the pain point is, know that you have a solution for it and, and make sure that they understand that it's not, that, that, the, that the fee is not that expensive. Like I just actually signed up a new client, $8 million firm, um, out in the Northeast. And the first thing I wanted to know, cause he already has a big business. He has 50, 60 employees. I just wanted to know, what are the problems he's had? Like, what is, what's the problem? He has 50 employees. He's an $8 million firm. Like, what's the problem? Like, I, things, are, things, are, things are going well. Yeah, things are going yeah. well. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what the, there, there is a problem. He called because there is a problem. And I want to know what that problem is. And so I usually just spend uh, about 10, 15 minutes figuring out what the problem is. Now, you don't want to lie and say you have a solution if you don't. But if you have a solution mm-hmm. to that person's problem, which is what, what selling a service is all about, is providing solutions to, to problems. Um, you want to make sure on the call you you tell them what the solution is, but you have to tell them with confidence. Uh, and so in, in in his particular situation, what his problem was, he was an $8 million firm, but it had taken him like 10, 15 years to get there. And he saw that we had gone from about three to 25 million in two years. His problem was scale, was speed of scale, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to grow faster. That was his problem. So my, then I'm thinking to myself, okay, if he wants to grow faster, what are the three things I can tell him on this call to let him know how to grow faster? And as I started digging in, I realized he wasn't growing fast enough because he didn't know the right operational systems. His marketing was good, but not great. And uh, he did not have a good plan for the future. And as soon as I knew those three things, and this is a successful guy, this is not a knock on, on him at all. But as soon as I knew those three things, I immediately answered. And I said, well, one of the things we can do is help you operate your systems more efficiently. We can help you put together a, a, a marketing plan, dot, dot, dot. And I started walking him through it. And by the time I finished that, I didn't even have to tell him how much it was. He was ready to sign up. Mm. And so that's how you get the, the bigger clients. And I think th- that's whether it's, it's a bride or, or uh, you're, you're owning a barbershop or whatever. Is, you know, you're, 
your uh, uh, so you, you gave them something of value up front. Of course, yeah. yeah. And so like now I'm on the the new website that we're we're pushing out to get to entice the person to call because we're gonna do a 15 minute discovery call. I'm offering a $1,000 value add for that free 15 minutes. So not only do you get free 15 minutes, I guarantee you'll get $1,000 value in that 15 minutes. Like who's gonna turn that down? People are gonna call, people are gonna want the call just to hear what what, is, what does that even sound like? That's good. Yeah. So you're giving, a, um, but it's all, it's information. Of course. Right. Of course, yeah. And, and, and in the legal industry, it's in your case too, because what, what you charge, um, I don't have to give them much to get $1,000 worth of value. If I help you generate one more client, that's $1,000 worth of value. And right. I, can, I can do that on every I feel call. like that's more than $1,000 of value. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. like the average uh, value of a case in, in law is like uh, about six seven thousand. 7000 Sure. Mm, so let's write that down. We're going to write yeah. that down. <laughs> <laughs> we're going um, to give that a value. A thousand. I mean, I could give a thousand dollars worth of worth of worth of free advice, mm-hmm. you know, for social media marketing and yeah. just just this podcast in general mm-hmm. has changed my business. Yeah, I've sure. been I've invited people that I wanna um, that I wanna work with yeah. and sell to, and I invite them to the podcast. They come on, boom. So that's a tip for y'all. Uh, if you guys are are wanting to, to to up your sales, start a podcast about your industry and invite the people that you want to sell to. I agree. It works. Good strategy. It works. Yeah. All right. I've got some questions for you. Okay. Some fun stuff. Um, what's your favorite band? Um, that band. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you later. This message has been brought to you by that band. <laughs> Uh, seriously though, who's your? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite brand, band. I mean, I, I, I listen to a lot of Spanish music, mm-hmm. and so, um, I, I recently found out that what I listen to is called Spanish trap. I did. I thought it was you know kind of reggaeton, um, and many people don't know the re- the difference between reggaeton and Spanish trap, and it has to do with the vulgarity mm. of what they actually sing. So I'm like. I need to get. I didn't get my mind right. So I'm Spanish trap is more vulgar. Yeah, than like you can't even. Play, okay. You can't well, you, even play it on the. You know radio what trap shows. music is, right? It's like from a trap house. Yeah. 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 No, Are but you it's familiar like, with what, trap music? What's a trap house? Tell trap. the tell oh the white gosh. kid what it, what the, what a trap house is. <laughs> it's you know it's it's where the drug deals and all of that stuff is going on. It's like a crack house. Mm, yeah, it's a trap house. I mean, it doesn't Except necessarily need to be crack. Yeah, it's their sales. It's a sales house. It's a sales house. Like there was that house in Atlanta, that pink house that was. There's a rapper that had oh. a house and it was called yeah. the Trap House and yeah. he painted it pink. And yeah, yeah. And the word he painted the word trap on the front of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, but they're like doing they're doing sales and it's, it's they're doing like sales. A, it's like an economic <laughs> center. Absolutely, do. it's, it's an, an economic e- center. Yeah. It's a summit. So they don't. They don't. <laughs> those guys. It's a street if you will. Those guys if aren't bartering either. They don't do. Barter. They don't barter. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't barter here. I don't know. I've I've seen it happen. I've seen bartering happen in that community. It's you know, but they how, should they how should often, absolutely how follow often your are advice you, on this. Yeah. How often are you in that community, Armando? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> in that community at all, ever. Don't. But ask that's me the type of questions. that's the type of music that I like, by the way. Just to get get us back into the you know Spanish what? Trap I, music, let me tell right? you something. Yeah. I like I like some like ghetto thug, like you know, just downright dirty music as well. There's yeah. a song called Face Down by DJ Mustard. Okay. It's it's I it's haven't a, heard it. Oh man, it, yeah. it goes hard. Yeah. I can it only imagine what that song is hard. about. <laughs> Aaron loves like that. that song. Right, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He loves it. Um, all right. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? 
to be honest with you, I have I I don't think I've done a lot of crazy things. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've done. Do a lot you of know the story about your? You may or may not know the story about your dad. He told me this um, uh, in the legacy video. One of the craziest things he's ever done was he was in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and he said he could talk about it now because the the statute of limitations yeah. is it statute or statute? Yes. It's That's a statute? statute, but it's. Uh. But it's if people say statue, the statue of the statue of limitations, with a T, yeah. a statue. Where where is that okay. statue located? The statue, <laughs> the statue of, of limitations. It's in Washington D.C. <laughs> y'all should y'all should put a uh, y'all should put a statue up front when you guys get the building. And it just says at the and bottom, it's just lim- a statue of limitations. <laughs> no, no, it just says limitations. Right? Yes, says limitations. Right? Yeah, and that's where it is. And then when people ask, it'd be like, oh, it's uh, over it's in here. the lobby it's downstairs by the statue of limitations. Scott Building. It's the statue of limitations. Um, so what he told me was that he was, you know, in the military, obviously, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was in Saudi Arabia and over there religion is, they have the religion police. All right. You can't be Christian. Yeah. You can't be Christian over there. And so he found a pizzeria that, uh, that it was a a Mm -hmm. Indians that were like, um, running this pizzeria and they found out that he was Christian and they were like, can you get us some Bibles? Gotcha. For the pizza, and so he he's about two hundred and eighty Bibles he yeah. brought to the uh, to to, That's to punishable this pizzeria. By death. Yeah, well, and I don't know if it was punishable by death, but he said yeah, like at apostasy. least five years. It was like apostasy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was five years if they if wow. he would have got caught doing that. Ooh. That mm, was mm-mm. crazy. I didn't do anything like that. No, 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 I didn't do anything. I mean, I'm t- I, I don't have any crazy stories. No crazy, no stories. crazy stories. Nothing that like you're you're all like, oh my god, this is happening right now. Mm. Jumping have, out of a plane? No, no jumping bunching, out of a plane. I just jumping. haven't. I haven't really done anything that's like a wow. I don't know. Anything. I think it's trying to start ten businesses like that's that's pretty crazy, crazy but that's yeah. bold. I just I don't know. I don't know if I've had an, like a single event that's been like. Super crazy. Well, what are you afraid of? Snakes. Snakes. Have you ever done anything with a snake? No. Like never? No, no, no. Grab you know, snake. I used to say, if I ever see a snake in my house, I'm going to burn the place down. <laughs> and the other day, I actually saw an article of a guy who had a snake in his house and tried to smoke it out and actually burned, burned his, his house, house down. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's you in an alternate universe. Yeah, that's like... I was like, that's my man right there. That's my man. Snakes <laughs> take care of the, the mice and the rats. Yeah, they yeah, you get rid of those things, things for it. But I, I, I would prefer not to have mice and rats right. in the house either. Yeah. Like that has a preference. That's true too. Which one which which one is worse? Snakes are worse than Definitely the mice snakes. and snakes. Definitely yeah? snakes, yeah. Okay. So do you feel like you need to face that fear in some kind of way? Um, I've never had that never had that no desire to face that fear. There's some fears you don't have to face in life. Do yeah. you feel like Do you feel like it, it could unlock some things if you if you faced it somehow? No, I don't. I don't no. feel that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a snake. Actually, can you guys uh, bring, bring a snake, a snake right now? <laughs> Very small little tiny garden snake. Um, there are some fears you don't have to overcome. Like I, I, I'm I'm afraid of of heights and jumping out of a plane. I don't have to go skydiving. It, no, it doesn't. It's not going to improve my life. But like looking out this window here wouldn't bother you or if we were no 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 not not if i'm in a building yeah you're it's just that. like the idea of jumping out of a plane is not great for me yeah or i can't diving. do it I've, i, I want to do it i want to skydive do you yeah you I haven't done it one. no i will yeah i will you will do it oh yeah when at some point 
before I get too old. Give us a date. I mean, give us a date. Give us a date, though. Because like, it's never going to name? Uh, George Bush was doing it at like uh, at 90. He was yeah. skydiving. So was he? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he didn't he repel out of a helicopter or something? Was, no, he was. It was a full he skydive. He did tandem skydives like every year on his birthday up until like the year before. He d- when he was in a wow. wheelchair, he couldn't do it anymore. But he was like mm. 88, 89 years old, still doing tandem skydives every year on his That's birthday. That's mm. crazy. Have you ever saved anybody's life? I don't think so. Have you? Have I ever saved anybody's life? Um, I, I pulled a piece uh, of food out of my kid's throat. There you go. You know, kid choking on something. You, dad instinct kicks I, in. I, you shove your fingers down there and yank it out. Got it. When you Did asked you that it? question, uh, it made me think of Michael Scott, where he's like, "Have I ever saved anybody's life? I, I have, <laughs> my own. <laughs> you know, the suicide prevention episode mm. where he <laughs> he saved his own life by not jumping off a yes. building. <laughs> yes, yes, that yes. Shows why Michael Scott's the best. I feel like um I I've. I saved a kid's life once. They were, you know, the mom was nowhere to be found. It was it was a public pool, and the kids just kid was a kid drowning, drowning. Yeah, mm. and I just you know I grabbed him. He was like, oh, 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 oh. he was so happy. Three feet of water, kind of thing. No, it was, he was in the the deep end. I'm like, oh, why are you end. here? Yeah, why are you in the deep end? Where's your mother? <laughs> the only the only time that I can think of actually doing like saving someone in some sort of capacity was when I was in high school. I was walking to practice. And the cheerleading team was was uh, doing their practice stunts and throwing people up in the air. And one of the girls, um, they were about to drop her, and I caught her. Like oh, you just wow. happened to be like, at the right place, right like, time. Right and time. Like, yoink, I got you. I just saw her coming down, and I, boom, caught her. Um, and then and you, y'all and dated then you took her to that. prom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all dated Did not date, did not take her to prom, nothing like that. Was, she probably forgot about it, and... That was it. But you've but never re- forgotten. I've never forgotten. You've never forgotten. Maybe never she's forget. never forgotten either. Do you Maybe. remember who it is? I do know who it is. I don't oh, want to say her name. You don't want to say I her know name. who it is. <laughs> if, you, if she watches this episode and she remembers, she should just reach out to me and say thank you. And say you. thank you. <laughs> Did you say thank you? Like, you should be able to look, look at me now. It. it was like, it was like seven, she was like 17 years old. I was like 17. Right. Um, or and, maybe, and no, I was, maybe I was a senior and she was like a freshman or something. And you're still resentful because you never heard Because I never heard the thank you. It's two words. I mean, it's two words. Two words. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Why it. didn't you no, just, just say kidding. thank you? <laughs> <laughs> she probably did. I, you know, it's a long time ago, but that's the only time I could think of anything. She probably um, said, ready? Okay. Yeah. That's what she said when you got <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's exactly what, what a stereotype. Said. What a stereotype. Uh, what's your favorite book? Right now, one of my favorite books is The Four Agreements. Mm. Um, I read it every year. I'm getting ready to read it again in January. And it's just essentially the the four agreements you have to make it to yourself. And one of those agreements is to not take things um, personally. Yeah, I man, I am. I I've been talking to several people here in the firm and and around, and people get so offended by everything, everything. They take everything personally. Like it's all of us do and say things that are wrong. Right. All of us, absolutely. Even the most like safe person that that doesn't do anything controversial, does controversial stuff. Right. And I feel like we're living in a society where there's no grace whatsoever towards other people. Like, there, you can't make a mistake. Like, all those mistakes you made, you could never run for political office. No. I could never run for well, political actually, office. Well, actually, I could. You know, you I could. could no. I, I, with I, no, I could. With no shame. I could. You, yeah. I could do you it. You just I have to help. Could. As a matter of fact, I will do it. I will do it. This is an announcement right done. here. Armando LaDuke <laughs> is but, running. But the thing is that, you know, they br- the people in general will bring up your past mm-hmm. and assume that that's your present. Oh yeah. And um, I've just learned to not take things personally. Like if somebody comes at me, I don't take it personally. I know they're having a bad day. I know that they're the ones going through something. And so that's one of the, the one of the agreements. And that's really the, the one that I love the most out of that. Um, 
you know, and he, I think his son just wrote the fifth agreement, but you can read the four agreements. It's a, it's just a great book. Um, that's yeah, probably the, the one that I, that I think about the most. My theory behind all of this mm. is the fact that just we have it too good. Everything there's is just no too doubt. good. There's, you know, there's no struggle. Yeah. And with no struggle, you have nothing to do. So you crave a struggle. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the, the challenges that people are going through, I mean, I, I read an article the other day that Squid Games, have you guys seen Squid Games? Oh, yeah. I have not yet. So somebody um, brought Squid Games to North Korea. They brought it from South Korea. Oh, they smuggled it in. Okay. They smuggled it in. Yeah. They executed the guy. Like, we don't even have to worry about stuff like that. Right. No matter how bad our society, no matter how bad we think, you know, the society gets, policing gets, the government right. gets, today, we don't worry about that kind of stuff. We don't. This guy was, was, was literally executed for bringing in a movie, and the people who bought the game, because he brought it on a USB drive, they were sentenced to life in prison. They were 17-year-old kids from a high school. Wow. Like, that's insane. That's and so insane. when I think about the, the context of our world and how bad it is in places like Venezuela or Cuba or North Korea, most of Latin America, uh, most of Africa, when you think about how bad Russia, some of these places are to live, it, it, we are so blessed yeah. to be here. Oh, yeah. And we're so entitled. <laughs> yeah. We're, well, it's uh, the microwave society, too. If we can't get it now, then what good is it? And it's, it's but it, it's with everything. It's not even with, with things. It's not even just getting things now. It's if I don't get my way now. Right. If I don't get what I, what I should. You know, this morning I was thinking about um, how many people want an income that satisfies their lifestyle, not their work ethic. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's what, that's, the li that's what we're living in. People want to get paid for the lifestyle that they want, not the work that they're willing to put in to get it. Right. I'm having, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my daughter who's two and a half and I'm like, if we don't change the expectations, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, it's very easy to grow up entitled oh, for sure. I mean? and feel like, okay, yeah, everything is, I, I, I deserve it, which, you know, there, and it's a fine line too, right? You want the, the, the self-esteem to be there where, where you're supporting and, you know, and, and being there, but you also want the discipline and the delayed gratification sure. so that they don't just get yeah, but their the, way. The struggle, and, you, you know, at least I find is that you want your kids to have the things that you didn't have. Right. And so there's that, that double edged sword that you're playing. Like, well, if, if they have the things that I don't have, is it going to be too easy for them? Yeah. Are they going to feel entitled? Well, like, there, there's a word before thing that a lot of people put is I want to, I want my children to have every thing I didn't have. And that's not the solution. You can give them things you didn't have, but it doesn't have to be every. No, thing yeah, you didn't I have. agree with that. That's 100%. how you prevent it. You know, when my when I when I go out to the aquarium, like we go to the aquarium, we have uh, yearly passes to the aquarium. Every time they go to the aquarium, they want a stuffed animal. I'm not getting you another stuffed animal. Like, you have like 25 stuffed animals that sit in a basket. Yep. Right. Especially my little one. He he wants a stuffed animal everywhere he goes. He's going to be the adult that collects stuffed animals. <laughs> He's not going to have a room with stuffed animals. And it's like you got to tell him no. Like I will give you the things you want, but not everything. You yeah, want. right. That's well, what my, my kids like that with, with Hot Wheels. Every time we go yeah. anywhere, you yeah. got to buy a car. No, we don't have to buy a car. <laughs> Shaq, Shaq said, I, I think this year, he's like, he told his kids, he's like, I'm wealthy. Y'all ain't wealthy. Right, right, right. Y'all don't <laughs> yeah, have I this saw, money. I saw that. I saw that. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, a um, friend of mine who passed away, you know, grew up in a very, you know, well-off community, a very well-off, you know, home, and was extremely, both of them, 
the, the, the two friends that, that are no longer here, they they both grew up in a very, like, just well-to-do mm-hmm. home and, like, just didn't have the... Things were handed to so them. so unhappy. And mm-hmm. I was like... And they didn't have to work for anything. And I'm like, man. And I think about the struggle that, that I've had, you know, with, with my life where nothing was really handed to me. Right. You know, and it was just like, I'm, I'm happier for it, you know? And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at... um. Uh, who was it? The 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 island boys. The I'm a island boy. Oh my boy. gosh! I was singing that this morning. Right. <laughs> I saw him, and he's he's like he's totally unhappy. He did this whole thing on TikTok. Island boys guy is. Yeah, yeah. He, where he was just like, I'm not. You how know, did they make money? He's well. They're doing cameos now. Do you know cameo? Yeah, but how did they make their original money? Off of this song, like they're only making it now. Like they made it. They're they're making because it of now song. because of that song. It's on Spotify too. But they're getting called to like do concerts. That song is horrible. I know. But they're <laughs> it's making it happen. But how did they get all the tattoos? Oh, that I mean, well, they probably went to a tattoo artist. Yeah, is that's the natural. <laughs> the na- I'm saying like because those tattoos are expensive. Yeah, so like they had to have had money before. I mean, I don't, I don't know their story. I, I just see. know the guy is not happy right mm. now. You know. Um, well, if you, I mean, if you sing that horribly, you can't be happy. No, he's not happy because he's too. He doesn't like the fame. Or? Well, he just said he's. So, you know, it was a whole story about how he sold his soul to the devil. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, okay, this I don't, uh, I, I don't know about this. What? what it's a what, long story. What are, y'all, take what are y'all's thoughts? What are y'all's thoughts on on that? Like selling your soul to the devil? Is that even possible? I think it's metaphoric. Like it's a metaphor thing. It's all in your head. It's like you know, make a deal with the devil that you. So is that how it, ghosts it's, work? Well, no, it's like, like if you it's believe like, there's ghosts, like you'll see them. What you did to get where you are, like if you did it unscrupulously and you ended up successful, then that's your deal with the devil. You've got to. Was that the deal with the devil? Is this like shitty music? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> so. <laughs> Give me millions, I will sing. Well, <laughs> like, like heart out. They, that's what they said. What's the guy's name? Uh, Robert Johnson, the guy that supposedly invented the blues. You know, he went down to the crossroads uh-huh. and like met the devil, and he said, "I'll I'll make you a great guitar player." But you got to give me your soul. Like that's the old story. Is that right? Mm. He sold his soul to the devil, and he was able to create blues music. But wow. do you believe that that's the case? No. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, here's the thing. Realistically, no. <clears throat> if if you believe in the spirit realm, mm-hmm. and you believe that there is God, and you believe that there is angels, and you believe that there's a spiritual enemy, let's call them Satan and demons. Mm-hmm. I think that in the spirit realm, there's probably a possibility you could do it. I don't know how that's done. I've never gone to the store where you sell those kind of things. Right, like, right, right. Is there you a never, flea market? You've been to, do to this? the soul store. The soul yeah. store where you, where you sell your, you know, the, where's the flea market for selling your? And soul? what's he doing with the souls? Like, is he? Is it like the Matrix? He's like, no, that, I that's think, the energy. I, I think he, he uses it for evil. He uses it for evil. I thought. It, I thought it meant that he, when you die, you go he, to hell. He gets you. Right. That's he, what. He that's does, what selling he, your soul to the devil he is. He does he, get you. Yeah. He's like recruiting. He will give you all the worldly riches. Yeah. But you will you will be ultimately unhappy, and when you die, you spend eternity with him. Right. I think that, that that's pretty that's pretty bizarre. That's that's very bizarre. That's not, crazy. I don't want to be involved in that transaction. No, no, no. I, I read. Uh, a, um, it just depends on what he's offering. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the world. The world. The the, the, the our, We have a very finite world. We do. I don't want to sell myself for the for the eternal, and I don't want to sell myself. I was reading an article about a new theory that's mm-hmm. out that the galaxy is a neural network, mm. like in in a brain of some kind. So like the galaxies are like the 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 brain cells. I've, and that's I've heard that theory before. Yeah. yeah. What What are your thoughts? I mean, there's no way of really knowing whether that's true or not. 
possible. That's like the, and there's some people who say that we're living in a simulation. There are people that believe that. What do you think? I don't believe that we're living in a simulation. No, no. What are your thoughts? All I know is I feel like I did this podcast yesterday <laughs> and I'm doing it again. There's a glitch in my system. <laughs> Which kidding. pill did you take, Louise? Oh, you've yeah, done a, did you do a blue. podcast yesterday? I did. We, yeah, and y'all were talking about we this? We were here. We were talking about this very, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, what, no, <laughs> I mean, I, obviously just, you know, being, uh, coming from a Christian background, um, I, I, I don't believe in those theories. Sure. You know, like, um, but I could see why people would, would come up with those theories because here's the thing is that people are, People are looking for the solution to the foundation of this world because they know inherently that there was a foundation of this world. See, like the idea that there was not a beginning of this world is usually negated by the fact that people are so interested in finding out when the beginning of the world was. Right. If there truly was no beginning, then there's no reason to continue to keep looking. Right. But you have so many people who negate the beginning, but yet spend their lifetime trying to find evidence that there was no beginning. Like, why are you, why are you so hell bent on letting people know that there's no beginning? Right. It's kind of like, uh, I, 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 a lot of times people say that, that today there's no traditional atheist. It's more of like they're anti-theist. They're not really atheist because if, if they just didn't believe in God, why do they spend so much time trying to convince everyone else that, that he doesn't no exist? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like just leave it alone. If there's no God, there's no God. Let people live however they want to, but they're more anti-theist. They're, they're like spending all their time trying, they, they, they have like this in, uh, incessant need to convince people that he doesn't exist. Right. So same thing with the beginning of the world. Does it? Do you think it kind of works the other way as well? That there, there are Christian. My mother's a minister, mm-hmm. um, so I, I grew up Christian in the Christian church as well. But like, uh, there are there are Christians that spend all their lives trying to prove to other people that God is real and that. Well, no, but there's an there's an incentive to that, and if you're a Christian, the incentive is that. Uh, you believe that people are selling their souls to the devil and are going to go to hell forever. There's no incentive. If there's no God, there's no incentive in you convincing people there's no God. There's no incentive in that. But not personally, there's not an incentive for, for or eternally. There's no okay. eternal incentive either. Like what's the eternal incentive to like, if, if I, if I come to you and I say, Hey, there's no God. And you then begin to believe that there's no God, unless you're doing it for evil, then there's no eternal incentive. You die. There's no God. There's no God. You just die. Like, unless, I guess you would have to take the position that religion is ruining the world. Um, I think there are people that definitely feel that. For sure. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, pep, there's people that, that, that feel that. I mean, I, I think. All the, the major wars that have been fought have been fought over religion. Well, time we don't eternal. have enough. T- we don't have enough time to really talk about <laughs> that. I'm just saying, I'm I just saying that. They, I don't that, think that's factually true, but I, 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 if we looked up the statistics off camera, you would find that most of it was fought over political and power, not over religion. But that's uh, religion runs into that though a lot of times. It does. It yeah. does. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it has yeah. been corrupted. But I- if you think of uh, a lot of the wars in the past, it wasn't because of religion. I mean, the Civil War wasn't because of religion. The American no. Revolution wasn't because of religion. World War One wasn't because of religion. In fact, in the early 1900s, 100 million people died in wars unrelated to religion. So I, it's not factually true. I think that that's what people say. Because it sounds good and it's it's a, it's an easy thing to say because nobody will look it up. But if if you truly <laughs> look it up, it's actually not not factually correct. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just All stating right, fact. Yeah. Like it's, I'm not taking a position no, on no, it for sure. Have have there been have there been wars that have been fought for religion? For sure. I yeah. mean, when you think about the, the the Crusades, and depending on what side you're on, you you know you would say that that was a war of defense. 
some people some people would say that that was a war of defense like they had no choice but you know uh, and if you think about the early roman period uh there was a lot of uh, uh atheistic type of roman uh, emperors they had no position in, in religion they just didn't want religion to take over see like the early they roman didn't want church, to supersede their own rule of course yeah. in the earlier er, the, the reason that the roman empire and if you think about the the uh, emperor nero the reason he came down so hard on christianity was because it was spreading so fast. So like if you classify that as a war on religion, it was only a war on religion by the fact that they were persecuting Christians, <laughs> not because not because the Christians were trying to attack them. Oh, when, yeah. I, when, when I said that before, I didn't mean that like Christians caused all wars. That's not at all what I was trying to imply. Um, but there are there, there there's tons of, of war that have been fought here's over what, the years. Here's what, I, here's what I have found out. If there's any point of disagreement in anything there's going to be war. There's a war raging right now in inner cities. And it has nothing to do with religion. Sure. It has everything to do with drugs and money. See, and we don't talk about it like war. We say there's inner city violence. No, it's a war. Yeah. It's a war. That's what's happening right now. And it's happening in all of our cities around around America. There is an actual war and it has nothing to do with religion. And thousands of people, 22,000 people last year died by gun violence uh, because of that war. So what's the solution? Well, I mean, I, I believe that contrary to the position that religion causes a lot of wars, I actually believe that the solution is that, the, to me, the violence of men can only be tempered by a relationship with God. If you truly, this is just my opinion, this, I, I know this is not espoused by everybody, I know this is not the purpose of this show, but if you truly believe in the goodness of all the characteristics of God, which is love, kindness, grace, mercy, uh, for, forgiveness, if you believe in that, those tenets, then you will become less violent as a person. Right. And I think the further we stray from, 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 from God, I believe that it makes us a little bit more carnal in a sense. Like we succumb to the carnality of life. Like, you know, I've never wanted to kill anybody, fight anybody or anything like that. And I feel like I have a pretty strong relationship with God. Like I actually love people and find grace and, 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 and accommodate and find mercy and forgiveness. You know, um, the other day I, in my leadership lesson, I talked about how, the way that we prevent our leadership blind spots is by understanding that everyone has them, including ourselves, and therefore we should show grace to other people. Like that is, that is to me, that's that's something that I learned as my dad being a pastor and growing up in that in that faith. But it's um, it's it's hard because there there are a lot of Christians to the to the argument of of people who who don't believe in what I'm saying. There are a lot of Christians who have perverted the religion. Mm -hmm. Right? They have used it. As a as a weapon against people, and that um, that that is dis unfortunate, right? But you know, I don't obviously belong to those those groups of people, so it's tough. These are big big issues. Yeah, big very issues. big issues. Well, Lewis is going to be running uh, for office ah. soon. <laughs> um, be on the lookout; he'll be on the ballot. Man, I have been asked so many times to run. I, I just. What, I don't do you, what, get, what did you say? What do you say? I no, don't want to get into politics. It's hardcore, man. Yeah, I don't want to get into That's it. That's a yeah. whole nother world. I, yeah. I just want I want to run my business, love people, build people up, love my family, take care of my family, take care of my friends. That's like, like that. That's all there I want. Should to be do more. There's, there should be more people like that. Agreed. In that's all. I, I, want. I think there should that's be more people like that in the world. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. just politics. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. We could all use more people like that. All right. Well, y'all, thank you so much. This is Lewis Scott, everybody. We'll see y'all on the next one. Spaghetti on the wall. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Tell them where they can find you. Tell them where they, they can, can find me. Sorry. On Instagram, Louis Scott Jr. They can also find me online, 
WWE. And somebody told me the other day yeah, you don't w, have to say you don't w, have to you don't have you to don't say, say it anymore. No, oh. just go just go straight the in. HTTP colon backslash backslash. Please say that though. Please say that. No, afigurefirm.com, Luis Scott Jr. on Instagram. So you're but you're not You're only working with lawyers and and. And, and your friends, obviously. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm working with lawyers primarily. Primarily. What if somebody that's not a lawyer wants to come by? And, and if somebody with a with a halfway decent business came by and, and was willing to, to pay the fee, I'd definitely consider it. But, like, that's not that's not the market I'm going after. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, cool. Cool. Thanks, All right, Luis. well, if you're a lawyer out there, please hit him up. Thank you so much. This is Spaghetti on the Wall. We'll see you all in the next episode.